Uh, church, I, I was going to actually um, pray before I started this morning anyway, which, I mean, we should have right? Um, but I actually felt extra, like I needed that today. So thank you. Thank you, friends. Uh, this has been a bit of a journey for us this last couple of weeks. Um, for those who, who know, I've, we've had a few challenges in, in life, not all bad, but challenges. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it's been a busy three, maybe four weeks in my life. And so coming to this message today, I actually just pray, Holy Spirit, use your word to speak to us. Your word has power and life to change us. And so anything that I can do to emphasize the word of God, let me do that. But let your word have the power today. So I'm really excited to share the word of God with you this morning. We have been as a church going on a bit of a theme. If you've been here the last three weeks, you would have noticed that we're talking about the kingdom of God through parables that Jesus told. So I'm going to do a bit of a quick, very quick recap. For those who weren't here, you'll remember. Or maybe you were here and you've just forgotten because we're humans. So the very first one Mark shared, uh, Matthew 13, 44. Let me read it to you. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Mark talked about the fact that we do want treasure. Treasure is a great thing that we all desire. We want good things. We want to see favor. But sometimes to get the treasure, you have to buy the field. And the field isn't always romantic. It isn't always easy. In fact, in the field, sometimes there is rocks. There is challenges. There is dust, dirt. You have to take all those things and know that the treasure is in it anyway. That God is in it, the kingdom of God is in it, and he is good through those challenges. But there is a cost. Then Jen shared on the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 13. Most of us know this one, but I'm going to share it just in case. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what it was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Jesus is that seed, the imperishable, incorruptible seed. His word, his power, Everything within that seed is everything we need. If we tap into that seed, the power of Jesus, then our life will be fruitful as of the kingdom. If we are flourished in the kingdom, if we uh, bear fruit in the kingdom, then that is what will come out of our lives. We will see that in our lives. It's incorruptible. I love that word that you used. The kingdom cannot be ruined by humanity. The kingdom is pure. As we tap into the kingdom, we will see his power work through our lives. We'll bear good fruit. And this is the most exciting part of the message. The kingdom lives within us. It's not out there somewhere. We're not trying to chase it or find it. In fact, the kingdom lives within us. So all the power that Jesus had in his life, all authority he has in us through the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing gift and it's available to us. 
Today, we're continuing the theme of the parables, continuing in the kingdom. We're going to be in Matthew 13, 33, which just happens to be one of the smallest of the parables. But I thought, why not find the smallest one and talk the most about it? It just seemed the right thing to do. So, here we go. He told them, being Jesus, another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Matthew 13, 33. This parable also just happens to be in Luke 13, 18, 19, and it's pretty much the same, only a few words different. A leaven or yeast in this parable again represents the kingdom of God. This kingdom is yeast, which is small, right? It seems tiny. Yet he uses this example that the kingdom of God is like this leaven, this yeast, that spreads throughout the world. His kingdom is a worldwide kingdom. It doesn't belong in small places. It spreads throughout the whole earth. Now, I don't know how many of you make bread. Quick wave. Give me a wave if you make bread here. Oh, there's a few of you. I love that. I liken our family to be kind of like Christian hippies. That's what my friends tell me. So my mentors in America tell me. They're like, Dave, you are a hippie. But not a weird one, but a Christian one. Uh, we make our own bread. We do kombucha. You know, we homeschool. We, we, we're just weird a little bit. But in a good way, you know, because we're still Christian. But we do things very basically. So when, I, when we talk about bread and making things... My wife takes great need in knowing every single thing that goes into our bodies. Everything. So if there's junk in our house, she'll know that it's junk and we're only allowed to have a very small dose of that junk. Uh, but all the rest of the time we can just go crazy because the food is all good for us. So I know a little bit of the process of making bread. I did ask for Elle's advice on this one so I didn't get it wrong. But for those who make bread, here's how the process works. You have flour, you have water, you eat together, right? Yeah? and then you add the leaven or the yeast. This is the part of the bread that makes it rise. But here's the interesting part. You barely need any yeast in your bread. If you have too much, the bread explodes. It's too much. You start small and you knead it in. You plough it in. Is that a plough? Is that the right word? I'm going to use it. You put it in, you massage it in, and it grows through the whole flour, water situation. Hence, you get bread. Now, a little fun fact, because you know that I love fun facts, is that when Passover happens, you would know that Passover is with unleavened bread, right? So, the fun fact is this. They would almost do like a spring clean in this time of year. Everything that could have possibly been uh, you know, in contact with or touched leaven is cleaned out. So all the benches are cleaned down, the wooden spoons gone, like literally the house is emptied. I hope you're understanding where I'm going with this. This leaven, this yeast spreads. It goes everywhere. Yes, it is small, very, very small, yet its impact goes everywhere. Hold that in your brains for a little longer. Jesus uses these words, kingdom of heaven, in this scripture. Well, he actually does it in real life, but we read it in scripture. And kingdoms are an interesting term for us to understand, 
I don't know what you hear when you hear kingdom. Maybe you think of Prince Charles. I don't know what you think. But these guys, when they heard, these Jewish people heard the word kingdom, they did know what Jesus was talking about. Talking about. In fact, in Daniel 2 and chapter 7, these words kingdom come up quite a few times. In his prophetic dreams and uh, visions, he shared about kingdoms. The Jewish people were aware of this. I'm going to touch on this really quickly, but one of Daniel's visions in chapter 7 was about the four beasts. Now, I don't know if you've read this one recently. It's fun to read when you hear about all these crazy beasts and all their heads and eyes. And, you know, it's fun. But the people would have heard those kingdoms and had an understanding of what, kind of, what Daniel was talking about. In fact, biblical scholars, even today, will talk about these kingdoms as actual places. Babylon. Persia, Media, Greece. These were kingdoms that were referred to with these beasts. Now, we could dive in super deep in Revelation, and maybe we could even go, uh, sorry, in Daniel, and go to Revelation and go, this could be coming, this could be past. We're not going to do that today. But many biblical scholars would say that what Daniel was talking about with these four beasts were actually in their time. So they would go, the kingdom is Persia, or Babylon. These kingdoms would have time in the sun. They would do their worst. They would have impact on the world. But one thing they all did realise is that all these kingdoms would eventually go away. In fact, in Daniel 7, 26, it says, But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. These kingdoms would have their time but they would be judged their time would be cut short and they would end so these people hearing these words of Jesus going kingdoms, what kingdoms are you talking about now I'm going to ask your permission here just for a second, I'm going to ask if I can use this scripture in our context for just a moment, now the reason why I ask permission here is because this can be a bit of a dangerous ground when we read scripture, it's important for us to remember that it's not about me. If I'm reading scripture and interpreting everything under me, then I can sometimes get a bit off tangent. Now, sometimes it's good. You can, you can get something out of it. I'm not saying you can't get anything out of it. Absolutely, you should. Sometimes we get things out of just how amazing God is and how kind and how gracious he is, but also how powerfully he disciplines as well. There's great moments for us to learn in the Bible about that, but I, I, I want to, in this moment, step back and see if I can apply it to us. See, oh, just a little thought on this too, because this context of four beasts, um, again, I don't want to get too personal, right? Like you might go, oh, the four beasts, yeah, I'm reading that for me, it's personal. Yeah, the four beasts, that's easy, that's my boss, um, that's Joe Biden, that's Zuckerberg and my sister. It could be dangerous. Okay, so really important that we do keep context. With that said, though, I, I do believe that as believers, we do need to understand kingdoms today. It could be dangerous for us to put our faith in the kingdoms of today. I make a joke about politics, but sometimes we put our hope in a particular person getting in power because that will then make what God's plans was work. But that's putting our faith in a particular man. 
politics, right? Or maybe it's even a certain job situation with a group of people you need to get in with them well so that you can continue to go where you think God's got you to. But again, that's a dangerous situation because then is that relying on God to do that? Or is that relying on your circumstances or the situations? So I think it's very important that we understand the context of what's going on when we talk about these kingdoms and how we relate it to ourselves. But I think there's another thing that's important to talk to you here is that the kingdom of darkness is also very real. It was real back then, and it's real today. Sometimes we can go the other way and go, oh, no, 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 there's no such thing as demons, no, 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 there's no such thing. And that's also not okay. We are in a spiritual battle. We have to be very aware that we are always fighting an enemy that doesn't want us to win. Now, we know we win, but the battle still continues. In John 18, 36, Jesus says this, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. These words are easy for me to say, probably easy for you to listen to right now. But to truly live in that place, in his kingdom, that kingdom, that isn't easy. In fact, I would almost go as far as saying, to do this, you have to continually renew your mind on the kingdom. Continually, continuing to trust Jesus and take our mind, our eyes off our situation and onto him. Romans 12, 2 says it perfectly. Do not be conformed by this world or kingdom. That be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's a constant challenge. It's a constant weighing. What kingdom are we settled in? What kingdom are we staying in? In this parable, which we're going to unpack even more in a second, Jesus shares this leaven, this yeast, in a very positive way. But in fact, we go on a few chapters more, three chapters more, Jesus uses this same word, leaven, again, but not in a good way. He actually says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. This spreading, this yeast that can go everywhere. If we are focusing on the wrong things, on the wrong kingdom, it has the same effect. It goes everywhere. Doubt, fear, negativity, it will spread through your life and spread around those that you're in contact with. Beware of the leaven, beware of the kingdom that you're focusing on. In its simplest form, in its simplest word, we have to choose which leaven we are going to nurture and which we are going to kill. That is a constant battle for us. But Daniel finishes his dream with the kingdom that remains, and I want to read this to you because it's encouraging, and I want us to be encouraged today. In Daniel 7, 13, 14, it says this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages would serve him. His dominion 
is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that will never be destroyed. This is the kingdom we are a part of. This is the kingdom that Jesus is talking about in his parable. If you have a pen or a highlighter, if you're okay with highlighting your Bible, I think that looks fun. I do it in my Bible app, so I can just undo it if I ever decide to, which I've never done before. But if you're going to highlight something, highlight this. All peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. This is the part Jesus is talking about right here. That his kingdom should be for who? Peoples, nations, and all languages. So that all would serve him. You know what? Always give homework. It's just a way. Go to the verse before, so 9, 12. And Daniel talks about the majesty of this Jesus. In a vision, obviously, as we've talked about before, 800 years before Jesus even turned up. But this is good for our faith to get a little bit of a wow from who he is and the power and majesty that he carries. All right, let's jump back into this short parable. I'm going to read it from Luke this time, 13, 20 to 21. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated through every part of the dough. What is the meaning of this parable? Firstly, the kingdom of God started small. A microscopic piece of yeast is how Jesus describes it. But you think about what Jesus did when he came. He came to undo what, we had, what, what the earth had done to the kingdom. We made it about laws and rules. Jesus had to come to bring life and relationship again. That started with one man. And then he brought 12. You think about that for a moment. 12 people brought a new way for the kingdom of God. What happened to that leaven? It spread throughout the whole world. All the way here in Australia, we still celebrate that leaven that Jesus was talking about. The kingdom of God may have started small, but it grows and it spreads. Number two, it's often a hidden change. I love how Matthew talks about the woman who hides it in there. Holy Spirit's work in us can often be hidden. It can often start very, very small and insignificantly. I want to ask you a question today. You haven't got to shout it out because it would be weird if you all did that at the same time. But can you think of the first time you started thinking about the kingdom of God in your life? Before you really knew Jesus, you knew of God, maybe you knew of Jesus, but can you remember the first time you started thinking about him? Was it a small thought, a question, a challenge? Hidden in your heart somewhere, in your mind somewhere, in your spirit somewhere. But it started something. And the more you gave that thought, that hidden thing, more room, it began to grow in you. 
the miraculous part of knowing Jesus is that it grows and grows and grows like this leaven that Jesus is talking about. And it soon takes over you. In fact, if we feed this leaven inside of us, if we feed this kingdom inside of us, it soon reveals all the junk inside of us. I've heard it said many times, people don't become Christians because they were acting good. They're playing the part in church. No. Real connection to the kingdom of God starts inside of you. And as he grows in you, as you let the flesh go down and the spirit go up, all the junk comes to the surface and it has to go away. Because we made you in him. The same can be said about the way we carry the kingdom of God inside of us. Maybe it's in your family or in your workplace. Maybe you feel small and insignificant. Maybe you're the only person who's in your circles that's a follower of Jesus. That's okay. Jesus says that's actually how it works. You are the leaven in your workplace. You are the leaven in your university. Just keep massaging it. Just keep being a light. Be like the yeast. Get on everything. Mess up all of the bad things. Ruin their plans. We have the power through this leaven, through this kingdom, to change culture from the inside. Not the other way around. Third, the effect of the kingdom is worldwide. Daniel chapter 2, 35 says this, The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze and silver and gold which is kingdoms. And the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. Kingdom of God. Habakkuk 2, 14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. <laughs> this kingdom isn't weak. This kingdom isn't short-lived. This kingdom will reign forever and take over the whole earth. I don't know about you, friends, but that's super encouraging to me. This is good news. Instead of focusing on the yeast that might bring fear or uncertainty, let's focus on the yeast of the kingdom that brings life and hope and power and good fruit. That's what we're called to carry. That's what we're called to infect the world with. And I like the word infect the world. They don't even know they're being infected. But as you speak life and it comes out of you, it gets on them and you can't clean it off. It stays. As I mentioned to you uh, today, we've had a very interesting couple of weeks. As for most of you might have known, my, my pa died a couple of uh, weeks ago now and we had a funeral two weeks ago on a Wednesday. At a very similar time, literally the day my family came back after I'd done renovations for two weeks and I was tired and I was cranky and I felt like I was half a man. Uh, my family finally came back and I was so excited and then <laughs> literally as we're driving home, uh, so excited to show them the renovations that I'd done, we get a call and it's Elle's mum and they found a tumour behind her eye. Kind of had a dampener on the excitement of the moment. 
She'd been going for two weeks, uh, just stayed home. They flew her from Bundaberg all the way to Brisbane uh, with a plan for surgery to work out why. So basically, her eye um, started to sort of come up, and they found it was a bleed, and the bleed was caused by a tumour. Um, there's a few spots around as well. The diagnosis wasn't great. In fact, the doctors had said she may lose her eye, the tumour could be cancerous, we just don't know where all this goes. It's been an interesting journey for us. But I wanted to talk to you about this because my mum-in-law, I like mum-in-law better than mother-in-law, it sounds so formal. My mum-in-law, she kept her faith. She kept the kingdom of God right inside of her. And in that hospital, surrounded by other women, she was light. She prayed for all the women around her. The nurses were coming to her going, what is on you? You have love pouring out of you. What's going on? The doctors nurtured her. They were like, there's something about you we want to get around. It's the kingdom, friends. We don't understand why these situations happen. We don't know why Deb was in that hospital. We don't know why those things happened. But what we do know is that the kingdom of God was in her heart and he had purpose. And that purpose was to spread like leaven, like yeast, all around her. And that is a good thing. There's another good thing. On Friday, she um, had 10 doctors stand around her bed with her and her husband. And a big chief doctor came in to give the news of what's, what's next. Um, we assume Friday, uh, Friday would be that moment, and Tuesday would be the surgery. Well, the doctors came in and said, Deb, we're looking at all the scans, and um, you can go home. We can find nothing. It's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We're all going through stuff. We're all going through stuff. But Jesus is a healer. He still does miracles today. And in fact, it was um, funny about and I and my mum were talking about it. And we're logically going, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. So it was there. So then how did the, how did the bleed happen? And then what, what do we do now? And then we're like, Jesus, I'm sorry. We're talking about the miracle. We can't even get our brains around a miracle. We're trying to work out the science of it. Just shut up. Enjoy the miracle. That's what you pray for. And so I want to release that miracle on you guys today. I want to release what God does through his kingdom. That through his Holy Spirit, he heals. Physically, but more importantly, in here. He heals broken things to what he does. I want to share one last parable with you today. It's a small one, but it's one of my favorites because it's my girl's name. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I read this the other day and I thought, do I preach my whole message on this because I just love this? But I always said, said no. <laughs> but I wanted to leave you with this thought because I read this thought from somebody else who wasn't my thought, but I love this. And I, think I, want, and I wanted to share it with you today. Of course, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven being like a pearl. And this writer wrote, I wonder why he chose a pearl. He could have chose gold or diamond. But a pearl is a ready-made treasure. It cannot be improved upon 
by men. You can't melt it down. You can't purify it. You can't uh, cut it up and put facets on it. The glory is already there. Perhaps that's just like the kingdom of God, huh? Already made perfect. That there is nothing humanity can do to a perfect kingdom, for a perfect pearl. We just get to have the treasure inside of us. How good is that? We get to carry this precious pearl with us everywhere we go. And I don't know if it would help you, but it helps me to sometimes get that picture in my head of that pearl within me. How do I carry it? How do I treasure it? It's beautiful. It's perfect. There's nothing I can do to make it more perfect. All I can do is share it with the world. If you look at a pearl, it is beautiful. The world wants to see a beautiful pearl. The world wants to see the kingdom of God. It's beautiful. And it changes them from the inside out. So today, quite simply, I, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for an infection of the kingdom of God within us. There's many parts to that. Some of us need to reawaken what that kingdom looks like inside of us. Perhaps we've allowed the leaven of the Pharisees to get into our heart, into our spirit. We've allowed fear, negativity, all the rest of the world's events into our spirit. And that's changing the way we see things. That's our focus. And today, we want you to just give that back to God and allow his kingdom to wash over us. Maybe it's healing. You need the power of the kingdom inside of your life to work inside of you. I want to pray for that. My God does miracles. His kingdom carries miracles in it. On the inside and out. So I want us to stand up together this morning. Team, if you guys want to join me. And the prayer team, I'd love you guys to come to the front as well. I'm going to pray for us where we stand, where we we are right now. But I also think there's power in getting out of your seat too and going, God, I need to claim this. I want some people around to claim this with me. But before I do that, I want everyone to just close their eyes for a second, just for privacy. That's the only reason I think more spiritual about closing your eyes. But if today you're hearing these words and going, Dave, I hope I'm relating. I need the kingdom of heaven working in my life. I've allowed junk to fill my life. I've allowed junk thinking, junk plans, the leaven of the Pharisees to be in my heart. I want to give that up today. Perhaps you're in this place and you need to understand that the kingdom is good and powerful and it's working within you right now. But you need to remind your mind and your heart that he is good, he is powerful, and he does miracles today. If you need a miracle in your life today, I'm including you in this prayer too. If you fit in both those categories, I want you just to put your hands out like you're receiving a gift because that is what you're going to do. You're going to receive a gift right now. Yeah, so many of us. I love it. I love it. Ah, Jesus. Ah, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for every person right now who is opening their hands to you, to your kingdom, to your ways. 
Holy Spirit, fall on them right now. Let them sense you over them, in them, all around you right now. Replace what is broken, what is from broken kingdoms. Fill them with your kingdom right now, Father. They would see life and hope and power right now. Get rid of old mindsets, Father. Renew their mind in your kingdom, on your hope. Yeah, replace place a junk that is beautiful. those who need healing in their body right now. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do your work. Let your kingdom fall in their hearts and in their lives and in their bodies right now. focus on the words. It may help just to talk to him as music plays. But for all of us, we need to keep realigning ourselves with kingdom. With the power that works through the kingdom. And if you want prayer, if you feel like you want some people to stand around you this morning, I want you to come up all the worship people. We want to pray for you. We want to release heaven and 